Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. I'm back! Uh, this week we are going to... Uh, it's sort of a bit of a hodgepodge episode. Uh, some exciting things, I suppose. I've been playing around in the break here with trying to get up to that second octave uh, B and C on a Highland Pipe uh, chanter. So that's what we're going to do here. So um, kind of some of the first tunes I'm going to play are just some kind of old traditional things. Um, old Lang Syne and When the King Enjoys His Own Again to show off that high note. Uh, and then we're going to play uh, several tunes out of a new book that I got from Matt Seattle. Uh, I kind of realized I was going to run out of Dixon tunes pretty quick here with my enthusiasm for playing these uh, Nate Batten border pipes. So I ordered a couple other of his books. And out of Over the Hills and Far Away, I'm going to play Green Hills, Bracken, and Small Drink Won't Comfort Me. And uh, Small Drink Won't Comfort Me kind of leads me to play um grace's farewell out of james aired and the bride will be no more with her mother uh from william gunn and then from william dixon we're going to also play cock on the midden and what else do we got uh then we're also going to play just some other tunes out of james aired uh i was really I don't. I was planning to play a bunch of Walker Jackson tunes this episode. I actually had them recorded already. Uh, it's just the episode wound up getting a bit long, and uh, it was going to be a really confused theme if there if it was just a bunch of Walker Jackson tunes and then a bunch of experimenting on Highland pipes. So uh, we're going to split that and do it next time. So uh, out of James Aird, though, I found some really cool tunes kind of near those Jackson tunes as they show up in James Aird, and those are The Feathers and Dribbles of Brandy. So that is that. Is that. Um, also, on towards at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk about the Patreon account for the podcast. So uh, I did finally set up a Patreon page for the podcast. It is brand new and likely going to kind of add some things to it once I figure out how the platform really works and uh, what is possible to upload with kind of my system of creation of, you know, music and videos and that sort of thing to figure out how to add more things to it. Um, but you can go check it out at way too or at patreon.com slash way too twog. There'll be a link in the show notes and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. Uh, I'm back a little bit faster than I said it was going to be. Um, I'm glad I took a break. Uh, wasn't happy. <laughs> kind of realized just how important, uh, this music making process and kind of sharing with people is to my own kind of mental health and uh yeah so i guess the most fitting way to to kind of start is i'm also going to play a conversation with death or kind of better known as o death um anyway so here is conversation with death uh sort of based on peter bellamy's singing of it and then we'll talk a little bit more after that cheers
I probably, like uh, a lot of folks, first heard that tune from their brother at the soundtrack and loved it. Um, kind of lately, I've been more than a little... I, I kind of prefer Peter Bellamy's version of it, which I found many years later, um, even though it's a older older setting. But uh, anyway, I'll link to that on the YouTube if you want to hear an English folk singer um, sing A Conversation with Death. So the same song has a different feel to it, though, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so I had decided to not do a podcast until I finished this chapter to motivate me to do a chapter. Uh, but I sort of then came to realize just how much um, doing the podcast was keeping me sane or like, you know, doing music and working on this kind of stuff. Um, in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad that I quit. Like, I'm glad I didn't do the podcast for a couple of weeks because uh, I needed to sort of come to terms with uh, myself and productivity and that kind of thing. And I'm, I feel a million times better. Uh, I feel a lot more productive and can feel that I am going to be more productive going forward than I have been. Um, so that's great. I think I am going to switch back to kind of every other week um, plan for the podcast, just so it's uh, a bit more manageable. Uh, and I can kind of squeeze it in there and be productive on other things. Um, generally, what happens when I go to every other week, um, many of you will know that I, I still will do like a small episode every week, maybe checking in, playing a tune, saying something, linking to something cool happening, but I generally don't, you know, publish it around everywhere. So if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, it's a good time to do that so you don't miss an episode. Um, otherwise just check in on the website every so often, cause there's probably going to be a new episode if you listen just on your internet browser. Um, uh, anyway, have been doing some experimental stuff, uh, I suppose. I again posted a, a live stream, uh, a couple weeks ago now where I pinched up to like the high notes on a Highland pipe channel, which yeah, I guess I forgot was possible, or maybe didn't know was possible, but uh, Bob Cameron, thanks Bob, I don't know if you listen to this, but was posting about um, pinching up notes on some, some forum or another, and uh, I was like, how do you do that? And he sort of explained how to do it, and then I tried, and sure enough, on my Hardy Channer from the 60s, uh, which is the only one I really play anymore, I can pretty easily, well easily is the wrong word, but it's not terribly difficult to pinch up to high B and high C. Um, so we're going to do that. And after posting that, my buddy Abe's tech um, kind of reminded me that in Sutherland's manuscript from the 18th century, that's the pastoral piper slash highland piper slash I, I, lowland piper, however you want to say all these things uh, in terms of the instruments that he played. Um, but he had a fingering chart that showed going all the way up to high D. Um, and I'll link to that. You can look at it on Ross's music page, of course. Anyway, so here's just the scale that I was able to get pretty reliably. This makes a lot more sense, like, after doing it, calling it a pinched note, because you're the way to achieve this and the reason that it's not 100% reliable is you do have to squeeze harder. So you have to move the pressure up, but almost as if not more important than that is um, kind of half covering the back thumb hole and kind of, you know, now trying this, looking at Donald Lindsay's channer makes a lot more sense to me. Like, oh, right. That's why there's a little, like a smaller hole at the back thumb. Maybe that's why. I don't know if that's why, <laughs> but uh, it's sort of an old school technique to, to get up to the second octave. 
um, it is tricky to get that consistently. Um, I tried, I think what Bob does is kind of half cover it from the side. I found it to be a little more reliable if I half covered it from the bottom um, and like half cover that note and then squeeze, <laughs> like you kind of squeeze into pitch. Like it's not, I, I can totally understand reading uh, the earlier accounts talking about pipers that pinched up, that it was a pretty difficult thing to pull off and still kind of maintain musicality, like to still make it musical, um, as we'll see with these um, with these versions of tunes that I'm trying out with it that are a little tricky and hard to get consistent. Um, but it's still, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. And like, honestly, like I try not to be a, a jerk or like a competitive or show-offy person, but I sort of can't wait to be around Highland Piper again in public and just kind of nonchalantly go up to high C and see what they do. Because I think if I had encountered that, I would have fainted um, and been very confused. So uh, it's a fun thing, fun thing to practice and, and play around with them. Looking forward to, to getting better at it. Anyway, let's let's do the, the first... Uh, let's, let's do When the King Enjoys His Own again, which I think I get the note correct at least one time. <laughs> but uh, let's check it out. And really, the the tune that Highland Pipers are often tasked with playing, where we're just one note short, um, is Auld Lang Syne, of course. So we're going to do that one next. I I feel bad doing Auld Lang Syne because I keep meaning to do like a whole episode dedicated to the various versions of Auld Lang Syne that show up in uh, 18th century collections. So we're not doing that. This is just me playing Auld Lang Syne kind of whatever version is in my head. It feels weird on the like show notes. I just have these both listed as trad, uh, which feels like a weird thing on a podcast that's sort of explicitly about not calling things traditional, but like attributing them to where they're printed. Um, but yeah, this is just, these are the versions of these tunes that came out of my head after looking at all kinds of stuff over years. So it just feels that like that's the right thing to say. Uh, anyway, so here is Auld Lang Syne trying to use those high notes. And it's a trickier you know, to hold that note uh, is a little bit more challenging. Well, challenging to do it musically. Thank you. 
Yeah, so you can probably guess based on how that tune kind of starts in the middle of the first time through the A part that it really failed the first crack, uh, that first phrase. So I just wanted to cut it out. Um, it is challenging. I do wonder if, like, have any hotshot pipers played around with this? Um, like, this seems like seems like a natural progression of, you know, adding notes to the scale that Gordon Duncan was sort of known for. I just wonder if if Gordon was working towards a high high B and high C and high D in some of his stuff. I don't think so, but uh, but it'd be cool to find out that I'm wrong. I, I'm not sure what I want. You know, part of me thinks that it should just be a thing for people messing around with like the 18th century version of the instrument, but I, I also sort of wonder what would happen if you showed up at a competition and <laughs> started pinching up notes like, oh man, I imagine that would make judge, uh, judges kind of pass out a little bit of anger, maybe, um, thinking you're cheating. I don't know if it's true that when Mark Saul first came out with stuff, supposedly people accused him of kind of recording his tunes and then speeding them up so it looked like he was playing faster than he actually was which seemed absurd to me about Mark Saul's stuff because um, like, you could see that he's a gifted piper, but it was pretty accomplishable, like pretty achievable music. But I was looking at some of the modern piping stuff, the Lincoln Hilton. I'm like, no, I can't, my fingers don't work that way anymore. Uh, I can't quite figure out how to, how to do that musically, but I don't know. What do you think? Do we want, uh, should, should Lincoln Hilton be making a, an album or making a track that uses the high B and high C? What would people think? I don't know. Anyway, good luck. I imagine some of you will do the same thing I did of kind of going nuts and trying to do this a bunch. Um, so I look forward to hearing your take on it and tunes. Uh, yeah, how's it how's it going to go playing these high notes if you want to? Um, so the irony here is that at this point, my Highland Chanter can successfully pinch up to a high C. Um, and I started thinking about this only because of, you know, playing more lowland pipe music or real pipe music. And like the irony here is that my Nate Banton border pipes can't pinch up that high. They can only pinch up to a high B. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I've got kind of a limited repertoire. I realized that I was going to play through everything in Dixon that I enjoyed pretty quickly. And so I wanted to expand my, my tune list for uh, kind of stuff that I knew worked well on on those types of pipes. So I treated myself and bought the rest of Matt Seattle's uh, collection. So you know, Matt obviously printed William Dixon's collection, uh, but he also has published um, three other books at this point, if not more. Um, there's Over the Dunyan, or Over the Dunyan, which is kind of original compositions and settings, uh, and then Over the Hills and Far Away, which I'm going to play some from today. And a really thick uh, collection of tunes called uh, Geordie Symes' Parcel of Tunes. Um, and again, if you don't have this yet, it's so good, man. Like all of Matt's work is just exhaustive for kind of showing links to where these tunes come from, um, and have some historical information attached to it. The nice thing about these settings too, is that quite a lot of them pinch, like take advantage of those pinched notes, um, which can be challenging and frustrating if you don't have them, but it's, I kind of like that it's included there as something that, you know, mighty fine pipers would do historically. Um, so it's something to aspire to, I suppose. Uh, so let's, let's get started with that first. Let's do, uh, this is a tune from Over the Hills and Far Away called um, Small Drink Won't Comfort Me. 
tell. Still haven't quite sorted out what's going on with my recording settings for uh, border pipes, but hopefully I, I spent a little bit of time looking at um, recording setup, which is why I'm using the uh, condenser mic today. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe it'll be better. Uh, in true Matt Seattle fashion, the the footnotes on this tune are amazing, and um, it's definitely an old tune that's got many, uh, many kind of strains and could have maybe a whole episode of just playing the different settings of it. Uh, but I'll just do a quick run through uh, some of the other names that this tune goes by, rather than Small Drink Won't Comfort Me, is uh, I Cannot Get to My Love, I Should Die, and Oh, The Weary Waters of the Tyne. Um, and then in James Aird's collection, it shows up as Grace's Farewell. Um, yeah. And there's uh, it's also in one of David Young's manuscripts from the 1740s as uh, Lady Anne Hume's Reel, which I think I've looked at but not played. Uh, anyway, so here is James Aird's setting for the tune. Aird has it as Grace's Farewell. The funny thing is, as I have played other tunes on this page, it's the same page that Pompey Ran Away is on, so I've actually probably played this tune and maybe even recorded it but didn't like it enough. And here it is on Whistle. one more setting so again the book uh matt seattle's book mentions uh that it's also in william gunn's collection and i have liked to play a william gunn tune now and again so here is the 1848 setting for the same melody although william gunn has the title of it uh, pretty different which is the bride will be no more with her mother so here it is on highland pipes
Yeah, if you haven't uh, picked up Matt's books yet, I tell you, they're treasure trove of information. Uh, so this next tune out of the same collection, Over the Hills and Far Away, this is uh, Green Bracken. Uh, again, Matt kind of points out all of its various um, locations that the tune has been located. It's like Vickers and Rook, uh, but also a Yorkshire fiddler named Joshua Jackson and Jackson in 1798. So... It looks like I got another Jackson musician to follow up on when I'm done with all of these Walker Jackson tunes. Uh, anyway, so here is Green Bracken on Nate Batten Border Pipes. <laughs> And we should finish out our time on the uh, Banton border pipes and with Matt Seattle by revisiting William Dixon, probably, huh? Uh, so this is going to be from 1733, Cock on the Midden.
So I had originally intended to do a playthrough of a bunch of Walker Jackson tunes on this episode as well, um, but I'm already at 30 minutes and we haven't even started that process, and that was going to be quite a long time, so I think I'm going to skip that for a later episode. Um, might have one next week after all, since most of that stuff's already recorded. Um, so what I'm going to do instead is kind of play the tunes that I found while digging around looking for Jackson tunes. So uh, that's to say, there's quite a few Jackson tunes in James Aird's collection, and every time I went looking at them, I sort of just poked around James Aird like I do and found some tunes that I really like. So we're going to start with a tune called The Feathers, which seems like it's an English country dance tune, but it sounds awesome on pipes.
finally we're going to play um, favorite tune this week, The Dribbles of Brandy. Uh, Dribbles of Brandy is a stellar tune. Its oldest known setting as far as uh, traditional tune archive anyway is uh, also known as Brothers of York from a uh, ballad opera called The Disappointed Gallant of Buckram in Armor uh, from around 1738 or so. Uh, it's it's a really cool tune. I've enjoyed playing with it. Uh, I wound up kind of overdubbing a bunch of whistle and pipes together, and I think I'll probably revisit it again once my pipes are fully uh, in harmony with themselves. But uh, cool tune, and I'm actually going to do a tutorial on how to, or how I play Dribbles of Brandy, uh, as one of the perks of joining the Patreon for the podcast here. So, uh, I am going ahead and creating a Patreon account. The, so yeah, the whole time the podcast has been going, I've been asking, you know, I haven't been asking for money, ask people to buy the album to help support it. Um, but the reality is that for the entire year, I've had a patron, um, who was already paying the bills for the podcast, uh, and I've had tons of support, and it feels weird to set up a Patreon account now, um, because everyone has been so generous with, um, you know, buying the album, sending just kind of gifts of, um, you know, financial support to help buy equipment, uh, and now kind of lending an instrument for me to, to play for a year or so. Uh, it's been, I'm really kind of humbled by the support, uh, and appreciative of it, but I've had several people ask for a Patreon account, and when I kind of did the math and realized when I take over paying for the hosting fees for the podcast soon, uh, basically everything, like all the money I made selling the album wouldn't cover it, <laughs> wouldn't cover the expenses uh, for a year if you count in, you know, buying equipment and that sort of thing too. So um, yeah, and the reality too is that every just a, most a lot of the money that I made selling that album went immediately to whiskey and reads um, and books and things. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, so I appreciate uh, if you're interested in support and supporting, kind of still supporting financially. Um, there's several tiers. You know, we've got tenor drone, bass drone, chanter, and the ghost of O'Farrell uh, levels of support. So you can head on over to Patreon.com/slash/WayTooTwog to see sort of what those tiers come with. But at the $5 a month level or more, uh, you'll have access to this video, a video of me just kind of explaining how I played a tune uh, that comes with every episode. So head on over, check it out. Um, yeah, and like I said, I, I really am appreciative of the support and interest and just words of encouragement. Um, taking this little break to try to focus on writing showed me just how important um, kind of this podcast has been to my, uh, happiness, uh, in a pretty yucky time for everybody. So, um, yeah, I received a number of kind of kind emails and messages from folks saying that it helped them, but this has clearly helped me a lot. So, uh, thanks for listening. Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes if you do that sort of thing. And, yeah, consider supporting the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash waytootwog. Uh, cheers, everyone. Here to go out is Dribbles of Brandy from James Aird.